Thank you for listening to the weekly message from First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, good to see you this morning. On the back of your bulletin, you're going to see the outline for today. We are continuing to run through uh, the Joshua Code. Last week, uh, I introduced the Joshua Code. The Joshua Code is a series that we're going to be in, as I mentioned, throughout the year. Uh, now, obviously, we're going to have some interruptions, Mother's Day, Father's Day, things like that. But we're going to run through the Joshua Code throughout the year. And understand, the Joshua Code is simply, uh, it's set up of 52 passages of scriptures that the church must know. 52. Now, obviously, we're not going to do all 52. Uh, we'll probably end up around 40, 45, but there's scriptures that the church has got to know. Last week, I introduced it with Joshua 1.8. Hopefully, you use Joshua 1.8 uh, in a little bit of your quiet time this week. Hopefully, right now, if I ask you to stand and quote that as a church, you could do it. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to do that, but if you could, if I did, hopefully, you could do that. Today, it is Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. Now, I want you to go there, put your finger there. We're going to get there in just a little bit. But I want you to understand something. Christianity is, is an incredible, incredible thing. You know, some people say, well, it's cross-cultural. It, it, can, it can bridge cultures. Yes, it can. But it's even more than that because it's counter-cultural, okay? What I mean by counter-cultural is this. Today, especially today, you're hearing a whole bunch of junk out there. There's, there's many ways to find God. And, and, and if you just try and, and you, you have good intentions and you do this, you'll find God. And when it's all said and done, you're going to end up in heaven. You know, that, that's sweet and everything. And I love you, but that's wrong. Because the Bible clearly says that Jesus is the way. And that's it. And, and he doesn't say that to be mean and to be a bully and to be a jerk. He just says it because he loves you and he's not going to lie to you. And he just simply tells you the truth, that Jesus is the way. It says, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That's it. I, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, there's no other way. I mean, you do not have to go to seminary to get that. That's so simple. But there are people today that have come up with their own way of getting there, uh, chasing this, doing this, working this, trying this, and, and they spend their whole life just simply in an, just an empty hope is what it is, that all that they do at the end is enough. That's, that's just it's so hollow and it's sad because I know people that have that mindset and, and, and I love them and they're great people, but they're just, they're muffed, they're messed up. It's not the deal. You, you can't possibly do enough. You just can't. And so what's beautiful is that it's, it's counter-cultural. It, it, it trumps all the other man-made ways of getting to God. You know, Proverbs 14, uh, 12 says, there is a way that seems right in the eyes of man, but in the end, it leads to death. It just does. And so I want to look today at a really great passage, and that's Ephesians 2, 8. It's a passage that the church needs to know, 
has to know, knows. And some of y'all are thinking right now, do I know Ephesians 2.8? If you've read ahead, you're thinking, yeah, I know Ephesians 2.8. But I want it to come off your tongue just like that as a church. I want you to go there with me. Let's look at it. Ephesians 2.8. And we'll look at 9 and 10 in a little bit too. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves it is a gift from god man if the church has got to know one that's it that 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 salvation is from god it's a gift from him it's by grace that you have been saved amazing grace so where does where does our salvation originate what's its origin I mean, did it, where did it come from? It came from the beginning of time. I mean, it came from the beginning of time. Look over at Ephesians 1, 4. Ephesians 1, 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight and love. He chose us. And some people will use that passage to say that God already knows who's going to be saved. So what's the point of going and sharing the gospel with anybody? Because only God knows. And if he wants them to be saved, they'll be saved. That's bull. It says that all may find Christ. Now you define all and you, if you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, he chose all of us. We're all chosen to not get saved. You got to choose not to get saved. So yeah, he did choose all of us. And he knows exactly who's going to get saved because he knows our hard heads. But it's not going to be from a fact that you didn't have a chance to get saved. The gospel says that, that no man shall perish, that God so loved the world, that whosoever, that whosoever is broad big time, baby. Whosoever, whosoever. Yeah, he, he, he chose us from the beginning of time. See, there's a lot of people that think that, that our begging put him on the cross. Oh, no. Our begging did not put him on the cross. They didn't, they didn't capture Jesus. Oh, they ran him down at night. Remember that? He met with his disciples and he said, oh, man, this is a bad night for me. They're going to come get me and kill me, put me on a tree. And he's scared. No. He just willingly said, do what you got to do. Do what you came to do. I'm good. That's what he said. He, I mean, he's God. He could have beamed himself up. Boom, I'm gone. Heaven. I mean, he could have been done. All right? He could have wiped them out, but he didn't wipe them out. All that beating, dragging the cross, spitting, cussing, all that junk out the Via Della Rosa up to Calvary. Could, did he have to do that? No. He chose to do that. He chose to do that. People think that's, that, 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 that's love in, in, its, in its biggest, beautiful definition. That is love. That's just love, man. When you do stuff for your kids, it's hard and it's tough. But, man, it, I mean, it's a joy because you love your kids. You love your kids. You drive back late, late, late on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, you get in from a football game or a sporting event, you're dead dog tired. But I'm going to tell you something. 
that's a lot of fun too, amen? Because you go because you love your kids, man. You just love them. And you think how much more he loves us than we love our kids. Big time more. Let's look at several things. Salvation is God's work. Don't kid yourself. That is God's work, okay? By grace, you have been saved. That's beautiful stuff, man. By grace, you have been saved. It is God's work. It's his grace. I want you to look at a couple things. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. You may turn to your kids sometime and say, Dad, that, that, you just tore me up. Oh, but, but I gave you mercy too, brother, because I, I could have made it worse. I could have made it worse. I mean, you, it, or you turn to your kid and say, they, 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 you're not punishing me? No, I'm having mercy on you, man. I'm just having mercy on you, all right? Mercy is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy, God gave, I mean, we have mercy. What we deserve is hell. What we deserve is the wrath of God. We have a sin nature. Sin can't enter heaven. Sin can't enter his presence. But, but he, didn't, he didn't hold that against us. He shows us mercy. He shows us mercy. He doesn't put us under that wrath. He gave us mercy. Look at grace. Grace is even more beautiful. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mm. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. No wonder we call it amazing. No wonder. We don't, we're not getting it, man. Grace is, is an unmerited favor. It's his love. It's, it's, it's more than we could ever think or imagine. And under, understand this passage, you are saved by grace. I mean, if we ever understand that, when you enter his presence, whether it's sitting in a deer stand worshiping or coming to church or whatever the case may be, when you're in the presence of God and you understand that it's his grace that saved you, I'm going to tell you right now, your legs won't hold you. You'll have to go to your knees. You'll have to. I think America has no clue what grace is. The grace that has been bestowed on us as a nation by a God that loves us. Man, we are one rich nation. And I'm going to tell you sometimes it breaks my heart because we're, 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 we're almost getting to the point where we're spitting in his face while he's going down the Via Della Rosa. And it's bad. I mean, you think about that ceremony right there. You think about what those people did. And you think, how can, you watch the passion of Christ and you go, how can they do that? Watch America a little bit in motion. Just watch that in motion sometimes. Watch how they jerk Jesus out of school. Watch how they jerk prayer out of school. Watch what they're trying to, you can't even have a Bible in certain locations. Watch all the stuff they're trying to do to a country that was founded on the word of God and by the grace of God. And I'm telling you, man, it's almost a repeat of the Via Dolorosa tell you it, it's not going to be pretty it's just not going to be pretty we are under god's grace man and as a as a king's kid if you're sitting in this room today and you have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and you are saved i want you to know that you can walk in that grace every single day but understand that you're walking in that grace 
And that's a beautiful thing to walk in. And you have to take that seriously, man. You're under the grace of God. You did not earn this salvation thing. You did not. It's God's work. It's God's work. Number two, salvation is God's work in God's way. You see, it's not just his work in grace, but it's his way. It's his way. I want you to look at this. Through faith, through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. One that through faith is incredible. See, through faith, in that Greek word there, that means a channel. That means through faith. Your faith is a channel to your salvation. It's a channel, man. You see, it's not enough to believe that he's Jesus. It's not enough to believe he died for you. You've got to put faith in that. You've got to act out of that faith. You've got to act out of that faith. That faith got to do something for you. You've got to accept that faith and invite him into your life and, and, and to get saved. Nicodemus was right there on the cuff of salvation. But he had a blocked up channel, man. He had mud in his pipe because he couldn't get that, that faith wouldn't flow, man. He would not step out in that faith and accept Christ and be saved. Wouldn't do it. Why? He kept trying to figure it out and outthink it. It's not there, man. It's simple. Look at verse 9. I want to read verse 9 to you. You know it real well. It says, not by works so that no man can boast. Mm. It is a gift of God. It's through faith. It's not of our own. It's a gift from God that no man shall boast. You see, my friends, you and me, we can't save nobody. You can't save a soul, man. Don't, if you have to retrain the way you say that, please do. Because I still hear people in the church say, we got to go save them. And I'm like, well, we should just stay here. I mean, you just blew it, man. You just killed us. It's just like talking about the field goal kicker that didn't miss. He's shanking it. He's just going to shank that one. Just don't talk about it. Don't, you can't save anybody. You can't save a soul. But you can be an agent, a vessel, and a tool that God uses to lead someone to Christ. But you won't save them. Christ does the saving. It's his gift. And when that person gets saved, that person will not boast because he knows that his salvation is God's works, God's work, God's way. Okay, it's through faith that he's saved. And so the man or woman that leads that person to Christ shall not boast either because they didn't do anything. They were just obedient to what God had led them to do. Our obedience in going to that person and sharing is what God wants. We're held responsible for that. That's what we're supposed to do. But we're not going to save that person. We can't save that person. You are not Jesus. You're great, but you're not Jesus, okay? You, You love him, but you're not Jesus. You can't save them, but you can bring them to to the well that can spring up in them a a spring of living water that will never run dry. But just like the woman at the well, she has to say, please give me this water. 
My friends, if they choose not to, family member, friend, boss, relative, if all the time you pray for them, you share with them, you bring them to the water, you show them the well, they believe it's the well, they believe it will come a spring in them and never runs dry, they know all that stuff, but they never drink of the well. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Understand something. God gave no other created person, animal, create, nothing in creation had choice except man. Nothing. And we have choice. Man has choice. We can choose or not choose. And that's the bottom line. Okay? That's as simple as that. And, and, and the blood's not on your hands there. You, you take the gospel to them and you walk the gospel out in front of them and you share with them and you 24-7 pray for them. But my friends, they must choose. They must choose. Because if you choose for them, they are not saved. He doesn't knock on your heart door for someone else. Okay? He knocks on their heart and they must open it. Okay? Salvation is God's way. Salvation is God's work by grace in God's way through faith, okay? It's God's way, man. He established it before you were hatched. That's the way it's going to be done. There's not another way. It's not a shortcut. He's not going to rewrite the Bible because you were born, okay? That is the way it's done, and you've got to go that way. Everybody in this room that calls on the name of the Lord and has been saved, that's the way to go, through Jesus, but you go through faith. It's the channel which our salvation flows. You've got to go that way. A lot of different religions out there. Islam, I mean, if you die in jihad fighting and all this other stuff, their belief is that because you fought for in jihad and you saved them, you were great, you'd be ushered right into heaven and be met with 12 virgins. What? I mean, it takes more faith to believe some of that stuff than it does to believe what I believe. You know what I mean? I mean, people tell me stuff about how to get to heaven. I'm like, dude, that right there is incredible faith. You don't have faith like that? Mine doesn't take near that much. Mine's pretty simple. There was a God, and he created all this. He created me. But he wanted a relationship to me, but I was a sinful, sinful person. And sin can't be in his presence. And so his son, Jesus laid down his life, who knew no sin, took on my sin, endured the shame, and, and, and endured the cross, and bridged the gap for me. And through that death on the cross, I'll accept him as my Savior and Lord. And through Jesus' death on the cross, I have a relationship with the one true God. That someday, when he turns to Jesus and says, time to go get the bride, he comes back, he comes back to get me. Or if I die first, I'm in his presence. Not because of what I did, not because of what I, what, what I do for him, but because of what he did for me. It's a simple faith. It's so simple sometimes, we, we don't want it to be that simple. You say, well, why don't we want it to be that simple? We don't want it to be that simple because this. Then the responsibility is on us. That's, that's why. We would rather it be real complex and real hard and something difficult to figure out so that we could blame someone else for the fact that we don't have it. But it's so dang simple, a child 
can do it. And Jesus says, just have childlike faith and you'll be saved. But we complicate it and we want it to make it hard so that we're not responsible for it. We won't blame it on our mom or our dad or not having a good home or a terrible church or a bad preacher or something like that. And we want to blame it on somebody else. And when it's simple, Jesus loves you. He died for you. You accept that, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's simple, but we don't like it simple. We like it complicated. I want you to look at a couple of things. Oh, we talked about all these different religions. You remember in 1 Kings, we talked about 1 Kings when Elijah was building the big fire pit and, and all this other stuff, and, 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 and the people of Israel were trying to talk to God. And, and, and I mean, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the people were trying to talk to God, and they had all these other gods before them. And, they, and, they, and, and Elijah said, hey, man, just, just call on your God, and I'm sure he's going to answer you. And when he does, you know, I'll talk to my God, and you talk to your God. And the one that comes by fire and speaks by fire, he is God. And so they do all this stuff, and they start slashing themselves and chanting and dancing around the fire and cutting themselves. And what do they do all that for? Talk to God. And I know Elijah's other thinking, dude, it's weird. That takes more faith than my faith, okay? Because it does. And you look at 1 Samuel 5. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 5? Dagon, Dagon was their big God. And they bring the Ark of the Covenant into Dagon's temple. And they set the Ark of the Covenant, which represents God, right by Dagon. And, and that night, Dagon falls over. That was embarrassing. And so they go back the next morning, and they pick up their God, and they set it up beside the next, to the real God. And they start, you know, oh, our God, oh, our God. He had a bad night. <laughs> Whatever. So the next night, the next morning, they go back in there, and Dagon, follow, he fell over again. Legs broke off. Legs, arms broke off. They, they get some super glue, duct tape, dug him all up, and put him up there by God. And they, oh, Dagon, Dagon. I'm like, dude, that, oh, you do all that for your God? If you need duct tape for your God and super glue, you can need a new God. I'm just, you just need a new God. If you can get your God at Walmart, we in trouble, Okay. I mean, that's what they did. And they do all this stuff for their God. And the one true God doesn't need duct tape, doesn't need super glue, and he does not have a bad night. Our God, while we sleep, he works on our behalf. That's our God. That's our God. My friend, that's our God who by grace through faith set up salvation. What a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Last thing is this. Look at Ephesians 10, I mean Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. I'll just read 8 and 9 to make it all look good. For it is by grace you have been saved. And I want you to listen to that. It is by grace, for grace you have been saved through faith. For it is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works, mm-mm that no man shall boast. Now watch verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Woo, that's good stuff. He prepared for us in advance to do. Mm. We are not saved by works. We are saved unto works, okay? Not by works, my friend. So you can, oh, look what I did. I gave this much. I did this. I went on a mission trip. Good. Lost people go on mission trips every year. Lost people go to church. Lost people become deacons. Lost people even stand up on Sunday mornings and preach the gospel. 
Because I know preachers that got saved. I, you said, that, that, that really doesn't make sense. I, that's what I thought. But I'm not going to argue with a dude who says, I'm lost. That's your tennis shoes. You lace them up and wear them. I'll wear mine. All right? But I know preachers that get saved. My friends, he prepared for us to do in advance. He loves you. Nobody has your DNA. Nobody. Nobody. In the midst of that blizzard last week, almost a week ago, all that snow that fell, not one flake the same. Not one. Y'all like, oh, I saw a bunch exactly the same. They're in my garage, like went all the way over my fence. All right? Yeah, they looked all the same, but I'm going to tell you, you're as different as a, no snowflake's the same, and no person is the same person. Not even twins. Not even twins. Not even identical twins. I'm telling you, nobody has your DNA. God made you, he loves you, he created you, and he desires a personal relationship with you. When you're lost and you have not come to Christ, it breaks God's heart. Because all that he did, all that he did for us, all that he did, we today still have to almost beg people to get saved. I don't even understand that. I mean, I share the gospel so much during the week, and I share it with people at different locations, and you present the gospel so clear, it's so simple, it's so easy, it's just right there, and they walk away from it, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And Melissa's asked me several times, how do you just, how do you let them, how you let them walk out? Why don't you just chase them down? I said, I can't chase them down. Okay, I mean, I can chase them down. I can still run a little bit, but I don't want to chase them down. It's, it's their choice. They have to choose it. I can't. I, I, here's the water. You can drink from it. It'll be, become a spring of living water that wells up in you that, that you will never, ever, ever thirst again. It's yours. And I, I, maybe not right now. I'm not ready right now. Uh, not right now. Not right now. No. No, I don't know how many chances you get. I'm not God. But I do know there are a number of chances that you get. Okay? Friends, the beauty of the gospel is, and almost <laughs> the shame of the gospel almost, but, but simply the beauty of the gospel is it's simple. It's just simple. I, I wish it was maybe more complex sometimes, but my friends, it's not more complex than that. It's just a simple gospel that Jesus loves you and desires a personal, intimate relationship with you. You were created for that. The last part says this, salvation is God's work in God's way according to God's will. You want to do God's will? Get saved. It starts there. You see, he did it his way, okay? Through faith, he laid that out for you. It's his will that you get saved. It's, it's God's ultimate will is that his kids come to Christ. And then all the other stuff that he created you to do, you will get and see and understand and do. I want you to look at the last passage and we're done. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says that anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's a beautiful text. 
It is simply this. The Christian life is not simply a changed life, but it is an exchanged life. Oh, you got to get that. It's not I've changed. No, you've exchanged it, brother. You have turned in old self, and God said, I I got that. Here you go. Put that new earth suit on. And he gave you a new life, and you're to walk in it. You, You exchanged your life. You were dead in sins. You were a mess. You were a wreck. You were lost. You were hopeless. You had no meaning, no purpose, no nothing. You were hollow. You had void. You gave that life. You turned it back in, man. And you got in return better than what you turned back in. And you didn't even need a receipt. You just took it and said, I want to turn this back in. I don't like it. And the person gave you better than what you had. Let me tell you, that's, a, that's stinking cool. You ain't getting that. Try that. Try to buy a TV to 32, trade it in for a 50. Not going to work unless you get some more dough with that. You're not going to work. You, you gave your old self, your old life, you exchanged it for new. Not a new, not new moral decisions, a new life, man. Total new life. That's beautiful, man. When you see that, that's incredible. When you see blind man see and lame man walk is incredible. And it still happens today. I'm just going to tell you right now. It still happens today. People walk in church and, and believe there is no God and walk out knowing there is a God. I mean, saved, man. Boom. It's like that. It still happens. And it can happen to you. Okay? It can happen to you. Ephesians 2.8, got to memorize it this week. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, that's the channel, okay? For not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, his way, his way. Today, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, and you say, Jeff, I did not come for this. I didn't plan on this. This is not why I came to church today. But I'm telling you, Jeff, I've never drank from the spring of living water. Never. 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 And today, if you want to do God's will, then get saved, my friend. If you feel knocking on your heart, then that's Jesus. He wants to come in and sup with you. He wants to eat with you, fellowship with you. You can have that today. You, don't, you do not have to walk out of here lost. You don't. You can walk out of here saved, born again, redeemed. You can exchange that life that you got right now for a new life, just like that. It's so simple, it mess you up. You want to be more complicated, but it's not. It's just simple. You just turn in your old life, take on the new one. Beautiful. You can do that today. If you're a family here today, been looking for a church home, I mean, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to tell you, this is a sweet church right here. This is a sweet church. You say, well, you're the preacher. You get paid to say that. If they wasn't paying me, I'd still join this church. I'm going to tell you right now. Melissa and I said, we'll join this church anyway. All right? This is a great church, and I pray God leads you here. Maybe you just need to come to the altar. Maybe there's somebody in your family, immediate family, extended family, maybe somebody at work that needs to experience Ephesians 2.8. And you this week are going to do everything you can to take the gospel and share that with them. Share that with them. I want you to join me as we pray. Father, this morning during our invitation time, it's simple. 
It's your invitation. God, every week we come to God's invitation. It's the time where you invite us to act on what you have said to us through your spirit. I pray, Father, that we, we, as your kids, say yes. Father, if there's someone here that needs to give their life to Christ, I pray this morning they get saved. Simple as that. There's a family here looking for a church home. And God, you lead them here. God, I pray they come this morning and join First Baptist. God, maybe we just need to come to the altar and pray for some friends or family members that they get saved, Father. But the gospel is simple. And it is your will that no man shall perish. No man shall perish. But everyone, everyone have eternal life. God, during this invitation time, move us today in whatever way you need to move us. And may we say yes to you. And may we be obedient to you today. In Jesus' name.